You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things related to deer hunting below the Mason-Dixon line. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and this is episode number seven. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, everybody, and welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I am very, very, very excited to be talking to you today because I am speaking in faith that I have killed a turkey today. Um, If you're listening to this when it comes out on Friday, hopefully I will have killed a turkey. Um, Probably I have not. If we're speaking statistically, I probably have not killed a turkey, but in faith, I have killed one today. Uh, No, but I am really excited to be here today talking to you guys. Um, Blake is not with us today because he had their little baby. Actually, he didn't have the baby. His wife had the baby. And they welcomed a beautiful little boy into the world. His name is Isaiah West Eccles. They welcomed him into the world on Sunday night. So he is not here with us today. He is being a... Uh, a new, not a new dad. He's already got one, one little boy, but, um, he is being a new, a dad to a new little baby and we're super excited about it. Uh, I'm very, very pumped up for Blake and his wife. Uh, they have a beautiful family. So if you follow Blake on any kind of social media, just make sure you give him a congratulations, give him a shout out. I know he'll greatly appreciate it. I know he's hating not being able to be on this episode this week because we got to have a really, a really good conversation with two different guys. So here's how this podcast worked out today. Um, we talked with a guy named Dylan Dowson, who is the rep- a representative from Onyx Hunt. He is... Um, he talks about what he his actual job title is, um, and he does a lot of the marketing and community relations and things like that. And so that's kind of what he does. But what he does for us is he just really breaks down Onyx kind of in a nutshell type interview. So if you have never heard of Onyx, if you've never used it before, the things that he's talking about, the things that me and him really discuss are some of the basic 
pieces of Onyx Maps. And, and we talk a little bit about some of our favorite features of it, things that I feel like you guys will benefit greatly from, especially you public land hunters. I love Onyx for, for my um, public land adventures. Um, I, I really don't know how anybody is able to do it without it. Um, their hashtag is hashtag know where you stand, and it really helps with me knowing where I'm at at all times. So we talked with Dylan Dowson, and that's a, uh, about a 30-minute conversation. And then we hop on the line with a, a really cool guy, and he is a, 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 an avid deer hunter from the south, and his name is Chris Rice. And he is from Alabama, not too far from where I'm from, but I've never actually met him in person. Um, I just knew that he had been very successful on public land this year, and um, he attributes a lot of his his success to Onyx Maps. And this is the first year that he used it, and he's used all kinds of methods. Um, we get into our conversation. We talk about saddle hunting and kayak hunting, which are all things that that are that are we talk about a lot on here on this podcast. And and we he he does a lot of that, but he attributes a lot of his success to using Onyx Maps. And so basically the point behind that is I wanted to show you guys that um, average people like me and you are finding loads of success using this technology, this new technology. And, and I know a lot of people are a little bit um, nervous about using and depending on this type of techno- technology, but I just, I can't stress it enough, guys. This is a, a very valuable tool for everybody who, who finds any kind of joy in anything outdoors, whether it be fishing, hunting, maybe, maybe you're just looking for um, some cool places to hang out. Uh, maybe you just want to go hike somewhere. I, I know the the biggest fear I've had about hunting public land is trespassing on accident, and I feel very confident with with this system that that just will not happen. And so we get into a lot of that kind of stuff, which is really really good conversation. I don't want to take too much of your time up because I know you guys are um, busy. If you're anything like me, you're busy. And so I'm not going to take up too much of your time on the intro because I really feel like you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So without further ado, let's get Dylan Dowson on the line. Okay, Southern Ground on the line. Now we have Mr. Dylan Dowson from Onyx Hunt. Dylan, how's it going, man? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Dude, I have got to say that I have been looking forward to talking to you for a couple of weeks now, ever since we started kind of the conversation about having you guys on the show. And uh, man, I'm just super honored that you guys would uh, would would come on this show with me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, likewise, we appreciate the uh, opportunity. Cool, man. So Dylan... Uh, before we get started too deep into Onyx and what Onyx is all about, uh, let's just give our, our listeners an opportunity to get to know you and who they're who they're talking to on a personal level. So can you just uh, introduce yourself, tell us what you do at Onyx and how did you start working there and just some uh, things, if you've got a family, what's your favorite animal to hunt, just kind of stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my name's Dylan. Um, I've been I've been at Onyx for a little over two and a half years now. Um, actually, creeping closer to that three year mark, and I've had quite a few different roles here at Onyx. Um, I started out in customer service, so um, started out answering phones and and speaking directly to the customer, um, which was 
you know, a great way to, to learn who our customer is and, and really get to appreciate that aspect of the business. Um, I now, my, my job title currently is community coordinator, and that's part of the, the product and marketing team. So now I, I get to work very closely with like our pro staff group, um, our group of influencers throughout the country. Um, I do a lot of the trade show and event coordination, um, and I usually find myself at those events, um, whether it be like ATA, SHOT Show, or some of the smaller trade shows we go to, you know, throughout the country. But I get to go go do all that fun stuff um, and then work a lot with, you know, some paid ambassadors, um, you know, business to business. We were very fortunate. We get to work with like Rocky Mountain Health Foundation, um, you know, QDMA. We're going to start working with those guys, NWTF. So I get to work a lot with those guys. But yeah, so I've I've been pretty spread out, um, but yeah, for the last oh about two or three months, been doing the community coordinator. It's been a great spot. Um, yeah, I guess besides that, a little bit more background. I grew up in eastern Montana, um, on X. We are located in western Montana in Missoula, um, but I grew up in eastern Montana. I think I was hunting since the age of four or five, very young. Uh, my my dad actually introduced it to me. He was a big hunter, so thankful for that. Um, but yeah, no. As far as working in the industry and for Onyx, it's it's been great. Um, got to meet a whole bunch of cool people and and really enjoy coming into work every day. So it's it's great. Man, that's super cool. So you are in Missoula. I don't know. I'm a I'm a Southern boy, so I don't really know much about. Um, about the the towns and stuff when it starts getting out west and up north, but I do know that I grew up watching the Real Tree Monster Bucks videos, uh, the video like the VHS cassette tapes, and the place that I dreamed about hunting like pretty much from my childhood was like the Milk River Milk River Montana, I believe. Um, how far are you from there? Oh, little ways. So that's more kind of central eastern. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure where you're probably indicating. Uh, there's great hunting around there, but kind of where I grew up. Um, I grew up in Glendive, which is about as far east of Montana as you can go. So really, you know, I grew up and I'm living currently in the same state, and it's about a eight eight and a half hour drive. So it's it's definitely a long ways across the state. But um, yeah, I usually for me personally, I always get back over east i still have family over there um in eastern montana and get to you know hunt whether it be for mule deer whitetails turkey whatever i'm doing i i usually go back east um to hunt as well so man that sounds like a dream we've got so i grew up i grew up in west texas and it was a little bit more target rich like we had some antelope every once in a while you'd see one we had some mule deer occasionally um man from everything that i've heard about montana like oh my gosh i cannot tell you how bad i want to get up there yeah it's horrible you shouldn't come at all yeah that's what I, that's that's what i've heard we're, we're trying to spread the message uh no i mean growing up here it's i've been super fortunate um just was actually having a discussion with a coworker here you know I've never even applied or hunted out of state. Um, it's something I want to do, you know, start applying for some for some other states and whatnot. But to be honest with you, growing up here, I I wouldn't say I took it for granted, but I guess I didn't realize the amount of opportunity that is in Montana. 
Um, and the reason I haven't applied to other states yet is simply because I don't get enough time to, you know, fulfill all my hunting aspirations, if you will, in Montana. So until I can do that in my own home state, I'm not really ready to go, you know, take a week off work and go hunt another state. But, uh, yeah, with that being said, I mean, antelope, mule deer, whitetail, elk, black bear, I mean, the possibilities are pretty endless. So, yeah, I, I uh, was kind of spoiled growing up, you could say. And I, I want to say I heard somewhere that in Montana, Montana has like the most big game species of any other state. Is that right? I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I mean, you know, aside from those I just mentioned, like obviously moose, sheep, and goat, um, mountain goat, bison, you know, you can apply for all those tags. It, it is more kind of like a once in a lifetime tag, even for residents, you know, if you draw a good sheep gate or sheep tag or goat tag, you know, it's, Definitely very unheard of to draw more than one of those in a lifetime, but the uh, opportunity definitely is is there. Well, I can guarantee you one thing. Nobody's ever drawn for a moose in Alabama, so uh, you're a little bit ahead of us there. (laughs) Yep, at least least I've got the chance. Yeah, man, that's... That's so cool, man. And I was I was actually looking at your social media pages a little bit earlier today, and dude, it looks like you get to hunt quite a bit. Yeah, no, I definitely, I do. Um, it's a passion of mine, you know, whether I worked in the outdoor industry here at Onyx or not. Um, my main goal is to, you know, go to work and, and do something I like doing, but at the end of the day, whether it be for weekends or if I take some time off during the season, you know, hunting's on my mind. 24 seven about. So, um, I try to get out as much as possible, but, uh, yeah, there's even seasonality wise here in Montana, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff to do. Um, there's really not one season that you're sitting at home, just waiting. You can always get out and find something to do. So yeah, it's been pretty great. Man, that's awesome. So if you had to choose one animal that you could hunt for the rest of your life, if you could only hunt one animal for the rest of your life, I know this is going to be a tough one for a guy that lives in Montana, but what animal would you choose? Oh, aside from, you know, going really crazy and saying I would love to hunt sheep every year, which just isn't possible, (laughs) you know, bighorn sheep or whatnot. But no, I would definitely say elk and I would say archery elk season. There's just something about September when the bulls are bugling and, you know, you get into them. Um, I, I definitely do rifle hunt as well. I look forward to rifle hunting deer every year, but for some reason, archery elk has kind of got a hold of me, so I'd have to pick that one. That's, that's, that's what somebody told me the other day. We were talking about we were talking about turkey hunting and hunting turkeys with a bow versus with a shotgun, and they said, you know, some animals were just created for certain weapons, and they said, you know, like a turkey, yeah, you can shoot it with a with a bow. But it was just a turkey was just made to shoot with a shotgun. And they said the same thing that you just said, like an elk is just made to be a, an archery animal. Yep, absolutely. And I, you know, being up here, we definitely have turkey hunting. I've, you know, I've shot quite a few turkeys, but um, we recently just went to the NWTF convention in Nashville this year. Um, and yeah, that's something I definitely learned as turkeys are meant to be shot with a shotgun. Um, yeah. A lot of people made sure to tell us down there, but no, it's, it's great. There's something about it. And for me personally, um, my whole archery season, I'm 
you know, I, I definitely archery hunt antelope and deer and whatnot, but I, my archery season to me is dedicated on elk and then rifle season for me personally is dedicated, you know, more toward, uh, mule deer back in Eastern Montana. So that's kind of how I like it. But yeah, elk is tough to beat. Man, I, I cannot wait to go. I know I'm going to go one day. Uh, I don't know when, but one of these days, this Southern boy will be up north or out west or wherever I can go to get an elk tag. So I'm pretty excited about that. But um, uh, so cool, man. It sounds like you are um, definitely living the dream, working for Onyx and getting to hunt and getting to hunt all kinds of species, man. It's just so cool. Um, but today, the reason we have you on um, is really for somebody who has absolutely never heard of Onyx, or maybe they've seen it on TV or on Facebook or online or whatever, and does not have any idea what it is. So, so that's what we're going to focus on today. Uh, so, so Dylan, if you could just describe in the simplest terms, um, if you were talking to somebody who has never heard of Onyx, just describe it for us. Yeah. So, I mean, Onyx essentially, and quick backstory um, where we started and everything, but just super quick backstory. We Onyx started with a physical SD chip that plugs into a Garmin GPS unit. And what Onyx did or what that chip specifically did and what problems it solved was it lets you know exactly where you're at on the map in addition to letting you know who owns that property if it's public ground, you know, if it is public ground, what kind of public ground, if it's private, who owns it? So to really kind of simplify things and kind of go back to our grassroots of, of where Onyx started, you know, it lets you know exactly where you're at and it lets you know what property you're on or what's next to you. Um, aside from that, I mean, there's endless, you know, endless amount of data and whatnot that I, we will definitely chat about, but I think that's the... The biggest one is you, in a second, you can pull it up, um, whether it be on a Garmin with the chip or in a, you know, we have an application for a phone, tablet, and then also a computer use now, which is kind of what we're more gearing toward these days. But whether, whether or not on your GPS or your phone, you can pull it out and within a second see where you are at on the map and then see, yeah, public versus private. Um, so that's kind of the main, main thing that Onyx solves. Man, and that is, uh, that's the reason why I started using Onyx in the first place is because I decided that I was going to be a dedicated public land hunter. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar, Dylan, much with the South, um, but it's really not, um, it, we don't have as much public as as uh, the guys out West, as, as you guys do in Montana. It's really spread kind of far apart and you can find like national forests and things. Um, but we don't just have big areas of public land. And so, um, I started, I started, uh, hunting with my kayak on public land this year and I needed to find these little pieces of like 40 to a hundred acre pieces of public land that was landlocked, um, on water. And so I just was like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, everybody keeps talking about Onyx Maps, so I'm going to go ahead and, and and download this thing, and I did, and man, I'm telling you, it was the best decision that I have ever made in my hunting career. 
um, bar none, 100%, the best decision before any broadheads, before any uh, bows or rifles or any of those choices. This was the best decision I ever made because there was no way I would have known what property I could even hunt if I did not have Onyx maps. And so if you're listening to this, guys, and you're on the fence about it, just go ahead and and do it. And Dylan, y'all have a free trial, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was just going to interject with is, I mean, people can try this risk-free. And we hear that same testimonial all the time. I mean, you know, the guy, whether it be at trade shows, guys walking by and they're like, yeah, I finally downloaded this last year. It has literally changed the way that we hunt or the guys, you know, like yourself that want to come out West. Um, you know, not that there's anything negative for hiring a guide or anything like that. That's all great. But realistically, you can sit on your computer and on your phone and plan out a week-long trip, say, to Colorado. Um, and when you get out there, have a game plan, know where you can go, know where you can't go, um, and really kind of fulfill those those dreams. But, uh, yeah, we, we do have a free seven-day trial. Um, it It's definitely risk-free. Download it for seven days. You get a full functionality. Um, you can choose whatever state. So we do have all 50 states. Um, but yeah, people can try it out and, uh, and go from there. And I'm very confident. We're very confident that if people try it out and if they have any questions, definitely bring them to our attention. But, uh, at the end of the trial, they're, they're going to be asking where they sign up. So I, I completely believe that too. Um, and, and I say that because I, I, I know from experience on this thing that it is just a great, a great app. And so this it, it, we, so if you do the seven day trial and you love it, which you will, um, I want to say that the premium membership and that is just for one state is 29 bucks. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So we've got a couple options. Premium membership is for a single state that you choose, uh, 29.99. And then we have an elite option for all 50 states, nationwide coverage, everything that we have to offer. Um, and that one is 99.99. So, for 100 bucks, you get all 50 states. Um, it is an annual membership. And then what that membership gives you is access to the app on the phone, tablet, and then also our computer version. Dude, and I, I made I made a joke. Um, I, I want to say I made a meme about it. Uh, but Was that yours that I saw floating around? What Did it have the guy from Lord of the Rings? And it's like when your wife's asking you to do something productive? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was that's funny. I, I didn't realize that one was yours. That's, that's yeah. a good one. That's one of the better ones we've seen. <laughs> awesome, man. That's that's good to know. Um, uh, maybe I should go into meme creation. But uh, uh, but no, I mean, I think there was so many times, man, around probably July, June, and July of last year, when I'd just be sitting on the couch, looking at topo maps on Onyx, just on the desktop, and like. Uh, just going through. So my biggest thing was trying to find places where I could launch my kayak at. Um, cause that's the, that's the hardest place to find. And once I found those then I could kind of build everything around it. And <laughs> dude, my wife is just making fun of me the whole time. It's like, you could literally be doing anything and you're looking at a map. You're looking at a freaking map, but man, I'm telling you like all that time spent was well worth it. Oh, absolutely. It does kind of become addicting sometimes. Um, speaking of uh, Topo, though, you brought that up. Have you seen our new Topo map that we just released about last week? I did. 
and I love it. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, I'm personally very excited for that one. I mean, we've always got new stuff coming down the pipe. We're constantly evolving and, and updating and taking customer feedback and, you know, moving stuff around and making stuff better for everybody. But that one I'm, I'm pretty pumped up about, especially, you know, we live in the mountains here. Um, and the old Topo map, it, it had all the data, but the new one is definitely much improved. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's more, uh, more realistic. Um, you can kind of get, I know that's one of the things that I, that I would kind of be faced with this past season was, uh, I'd get to a spot and I'd be reading kind of the Topo lines on there and I'd get up to it and I'm like, Oh, well that's a cliff. So I can't get up that. Um, but with this new map, it seems like it, it, it's a whole lot easier to translate. Yep, for sure. And we're going to be coming out with some cool, uh, cool stuff as well, as far as articles about how to retopo properly, what it means, what it doesn't, um, et cetera. And, and whatnot, but yeah, that's uh, that's a cool one. I thought I'd let you know about. I figured you had already seen it, but oh yeah, man, I love it. I love here. One thing that I really like about Onyx is that um, everything just like automatically updates on my phone, so I literally don't have to do anything, and it just does it for me. Yeah, no, that's that's one of the very nice um, advantages. There's several advantages, but. Um, you know, from the GPS unit with the, the physical chip to the application, the, the phone membership, is with that membership, we could update something, you know, in real time right now as we're speaking, click a button and it's updated in everybody's platform. So, you know, whether it be land ownership that we're updating, um, the new Topo, you know, it's very seamless. The users don't have to go in and download and up, update anything. Um we can update stuff in real time. So yeah, that's, that's a big advantage in my eyes for the, the phone membership. Listen, man, I mean, you're talking about big advantages. I just kind of, um, when I think about th- the, the amount of money that I spend, especially during the summer when I'm gearing up for the season, um, I think about the amount of money that I spend and a hundred bucks, man, is nothing. And $29 is like, like that's, nothing at all, you know, I mean, um, and I'm, I'm talking about the, the, the greatest tool that I have in my, in my arsenal right now. Um, and you're talking about, you know, either 30 bucks or, or a hundred bucks, like. Absolutely. I mean, I, I personally, I was a user of Onyx before I worked here. Um, I did, you know, I had the chip and a Garmin back then and it worked great. Same stuff, but, uh, just to what you said, I mean, I'll spend hundreds of dollars in gas every year to go check out new new potential areas. Um, so that alone, I mean, the amount of gas money it saves you is, is pretty incredible. But no, when you really break it down, I, I think I'd be pretty scared to see how much I spend yearly on hunting equipment and tags and everything. I probably wouldn't want to see that number. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, 30 bucks to be able to know where you can and can't go to use all that other expensive gear you bought um and your state is it's really not too bad man i it, it's so true i was actually um i actually used onyx this morning while i was turkey hunting and i had a bird that was gobbling on on the private side and uh, i was hunting right on a property boundary and he was gobbling on the private side um but i was actually able to um to to kind of position myself right on the property line using my Onyx maps. And, and it's, it's pretty cool because I was, I was able to see some, some red paint, um, pretty, 
pretty well once the sun came up, but when I got there before sunup, I couldn't see the red paint on the trees or whatever to know um, where I was actually at. But I was, all I had to do, man, was just look at my phone and and set up right on that boundary and still be inside of the still be inside of the of the public side. But he never came over to my side, so it was kind of a bust. But um, but I, that's a that's a, a risk that I never would have been willing to take. Um, and, and especially, there, you know, there's so many chances of, of getting in trouble doing stuff like that, you know, being on, on private land when you don't, you know, you're not trying to, um, but you're trust, trespassing is trespassing. And so, man, Onyx is, Onyx has saved my butt so many times, but I kind of feel like, <laughs> I kind of feel like Billy Mays right now. Like I'm like, fuck seal and you know, whatever, um, with Onyx, but man, I'm just saying like, I really, really, really do believe in in the Onyx maps, but I want to know, um, Dylan, what your favorite feature, if you had to choose one thing on, on the Onyx, uh, hunt app, what, what would be your favorite thing? That's tough. I, there's so much that goes into it. I guess besides the data, um, you know, we really haven't scratched even the surface of the data or the, the features or functionality, but I would say, Definitely mine would be the, the ability to save maps for offline use um, out here in Montana, especially. And I know places all across the U.S., you know, cell phone service isn't all that great. Um, but we do have the ability to save a map, save an area of the map um, for offline use. So if I go out into the woods and I don't have cell service, the map and everything will still work 100 percent. Um, you know, it'll still show my GPS location, still show the data that I choose to show on the map, um, still may allow, allow me to create waypoints, track myself, any of that. So I would say for me personally, it's definitely the off-grid part of it to where I can save it for offline. Yeah, I, that's helped me out a ton this season. Um, and, and you do, it's like, I want to say you can save like a mile like a mile radius or whatever, and then five miles and 10 miles. Does that sound right? So we recently, and I'm not sure how long you've been using the app, but last fall we completely rebuilt the app from the ground up. Um, it was great before, but we we definitely saw the added value of creating, rebuilding it, if you will, um, and having our own engineers do so. That way we can change things a lot quicker and everything like that. In doing so, we did kind of revamp the save maps process. So now you can save an area that's five miles wide, 10 miles wide, or 150 miles wide. That's right. So that's for right. example, yeah, yeah. So like the, the 150 mile wide area, you're obviously going to get a huge area of land. Um, like I, I've got the entire western part of Montana saved, the entire eastern part. Um, with that, you don't get the super you know, specific detail of like the imagery when you zoom in all the way, but you can still see, you know, who owns the property, where you're at, all the game management units and and all that good stuff Um, for the areas that you want to go and be able to zoom in and see, you know, treetops really clearly and whatnot. You can say like a 10 or five mile, but um, yeah, no, that's been a great feature. Um, And honestly, since we rebuilt that one last year, I have since uh, sold my Garmin GPS just because, after we revamped uh, the same maps, I I didn't even turn on my Garmin GPS once last year. So, um, yeah, that's been great. Yeah, I mean, you really don't need it. And it it's not really worth the extra weight to carry something like that you don't really even need anymore. And, um, yeah, like, 
Man, I can't tell you how many times I've used that off-grid function, man. Hunting public land, you just never know where you're going to be. I actually shot a deer last year, and I shot it, and it it ran off, and um, the whole the whole process would have been absolutely like a horror story, uh, a horror movie, if I hadn't had my Onyx maps to be able to track myself and track where I dropped the deer off. Um, to be able to paddle around and get it. And, um, I mean, it was still a late night, but you know, I mean, I think about, I think about the equipment that I had in my bag three years ago, um, versus what I have this year. And three years ago, it just, that would have been, I wouldn't have been able to be in there that night. I would have had to wait until morning. Um, and so it's just, it's just really saved, it saved my butt a ton, man. And I, I can only imagine what kind of people, uh, what kind of stories you guys hear, uh, being at on X, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the same, same kind of stories. Um, but, oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a ton for sure. And just think back my, one of my most recent stories for me personally too, is we, uh, we have a sharing feature now to where if you and I are going hunting, I can mark a waypoint on the, the map and text it to you or email or anything you want there, basically send you a link and that shares a waypoint into your app. Um, and yeah, I guess I pretty recently, I think it was first part of February, harvested a late season cow, uh, at a, a late season cow tag and was fortunate enough to harvest a cow on one of the last days of the hunt. Um, but it was two and a half miles from the pickup and, you know, and when I shot her, it was one minute left of legal shooting light. So right at about dark, uh, horrible weather. And if I wouldn't have had that feature, I probably would have had to take care of it, you know, hike out and then come back in the morning, Monday morning, call and hopefully uh, ask for permission to take the morning off of work and go pack out this cow. But um, thankfully enough, my buddy was pretty close, a uh, coworker of mine here, and I was able to mark the location, send that to him via text, and he was able to open it up and in the dark walk straight there. So we were able to uh, take it out in one trip. But yeah, I mean, that's just one of, like you mentioned, you know, dozens of, of, uh, features. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what my favorite feature would be. And I, and I kind of put myself in, in different scenarios. So I could see where the roadless layer would be absolutely my favorite feature. If, if I lived in an area that had a ton of roadless areas, um, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and back to what you started off the whole whole podcast with was um, just that you know the grassroots is being able to distinguish public from private. That's probably been the most beneficial for me is that that layer. Um, and so it, it's kind of hard to narrow it down for me. Um, but uh, man, I'm just gonna have to go ahead and say like that. I really really like the feature where I can see all the all the fresh timber cuts um, and, and burns and stuff. That's, that has been absolutely incredible for me. Um, especially out here on public and kind of get an idea where new growth is going to be at, um, new foliage for, for the deer and turkeys to start eating on. And, uh, that's been, that's been awesome. I, I didn't even realize that was a thing until, uh, probably a, a few weeks ago. And I'm like, crap, this saved, saved me so much time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're always adding new layers and updating the layers and whatnot, but yeah, those are a couple that we've recently added. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely say for me, and I would say 
most of our users, the private public land and just to be able to know exactly where you're at on the map is by far the most beneficial feature, if you will, or data um, of the maps. And, you know, beyond that, I, in my eyes, everything else is kind of a bonus. Yeah. So speaking of that, so speaking of, of that being kind of, kind of your, uh, like, uh, I, I like the word you used earlier is grassroots. It's just kind of who you guys are. Um, it, and, and it's even the hashtag that I see so much, the hashtag know where you stand. Um, so I know one of the questions that a lot of people have, especially a lot of people who are skeptical about it, nobody wants to be caught, um, uh, on somebody else's property that they're not supposed to be on. So how accurate actually are the boundary markers? Yeah, for sure. We get that question all the time and rightfully so. Um, you know, as far as that one goes, it is as accurate as the data is out there. So um, a, a common misconception is, you know, some people might just not realize, but common misconception is that we have people out there, you know, surveying these property lines. So that's not the case. Um, we do get the data from various sources, whatever we find to be the most updated source we try and go with. Um, but whether it be directly from the county, from the county assessors, tax data, um, or what have you, we'll go around and and figure out who has the most accurate source, how we can obtain that data um, to put it in the maps. But, um, you know, I mentioned we have all 50 states, and typically we like to update, you know, each state about once a year. Um, so, for example, if if you bought a new home today that had, you know, property with it, the name might switch at the tax assessor's office for that county. Um, but say we don't update, say it's in Alabama and we don't update Alabama for three months. You know, once we update that data, as long as the county or our data source has that, you know, up to date as well, then it will be fixed in the app. So it's uh, very accurate, very um, trusted. I mean, out here, there's several states that the government agencies or fishing game are actually using the maps as well. So, you know, it's very trusted. But with that being said, if if there is something that's out of date, we definitely want to hear about it so we can update it. Yeah, um, man, I, that was it's kind of cool. Like uh, I was watching a video on YouTube the other day and a guy had gotten an argument with uh, a quote unquote landowner and and the guy was like, no, man, I'm on, I'm on private land. And he pulled up his Onyx maps. The guy was like, oh, that's a bunch of bull crap, you know? Um, but the truth is, man, is you can't, you can't really argue it. But, uh, the thing that I thought was interesting that what you said there, um, was that a common, a common misconception is that it's, is that it's you, your guys fault if there is something wrong with a map. Um, and that's, you know, in my conversations with people that I've heard people say, yeah, I've tried Onyx and, and even on my property, it doesn't even have my name updated, but that's good to know that, um, once a year is basically when it does it. And if it's not updated in your county's system, then there's literally no other way for you guys to know. For sure. And, you know, it's one of those things that obviously, you know, I don't off the top of my head know like the percentage of correct or even if that's possible, but it's one of those things that you don't hear about it when it's correct, but when it isn't correct, if something's inaccurate for some reason, you know, people like to talk about it a little bit and, and let us know, which we want to know. We have dedicated personnel here that their job is strictly to take, you know, that data um, that is inaccurate and present it to our GIS team here. 
um, who then will make sure in our next update to contact the county, make sure that we're doing everything on our end in order to get that updated data. And sometimes, you know, if there's enough errors in a county and say a county is a couple years behind on updating their records, like we'll work with them and do everything that we can to help them out to get that updated data. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, that's really all you can do. Um, and, and that, that's good to know though. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, because you know, so many people are skeptical, man, about any kind of technology that's coming out. Um, but it's good. It is good to have that little bit of, uh, of information that you can, that you can hand people, you know, if they've got questions. And that's really why, that's really why we wanted to do this episode is because I want, I want people to know, I want people to be able to be in on this, man. Like it, it, it's so it's wrong on so many levels to try to keep something like this a secret. And, and so many people try to do it, especially public land hunters. Uh, a lot of us, man, we're so passionate and I know I am for sure about, about having our spots that we found and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, man, it's, it's public land. And, um, and I want, you know, I want this generation and future generations to get to enjoy it. And I just feel like, like products like on X are, um, are products that we can, uh, expect to see a lot more from in the future and expect to, uh, to, to see backing the, uh, the support of keeping our public lands public in. Uh, and so I really appreciate that from you guys. Absolutely. And that's, you know, our founder, Eric Siegfried, he basically started making these maps, um, you know, for his own personal hunting use. And that's one of his main goals. And that's one of our, you know, on X's main goals is, to get people out there and you know it's one of those things hunting the hunting industry and hunting as a whole it's like you said you know sometimes people find something great and want to keep it to themselves and be a little private about it um but you know the more people that are out there the better um you know the more people that are buying tags and and supporting conservation and whatnot and if onyx can can help people have the confidence to go out and whether it be for a day hike or you know for a week-long hunt or whatever um, you know, give, gives people the confidence to, to go out and actually do that stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. Man, that key word there is confidence. And, and like, I, I just, I, I can only speak from my own personal experience. And so, um, I just know, like for me, the amount of confidence that I had stepping, stepping into the woods this season was so much different from any other season that I've ever had. Um, and, and part of that is because I knew where I was at, like I knew, I knew what the terrain looked like, um, which is a big part of it. If you if you know how to how to read terrain features, especially for whatever animal you're 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 chasing, um, if you know how to read those terrain features and you know that you're on land you you're allowed to be on, um, man, that that boost of confidence, man, will keep you in the stand for a lot more hours. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I mean. The data is out there. It's it's definitely not like we own all this data and we you know demand or we we have people purchase the membership to see it. The data is out there. It's just so spread out and so difficult to find. Um, you know, you could still definitely go out and enjoy public lands and figure everything out, but you're not going to have the confidence to know exactly where you specifically are on that map in relation to those boundaries and it it's going to take a long time to compile that data and really understand it. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's one of the great things that Onyx does is compiles it and makes it super easy to read and understand pretty quickly. For sure. Dude, 
I'm sitting here looking at, at how long we've talked and I have got so many more questions for you. Um, but we've actually, we've actually, we're going to talk to somebody, um, on this same episode, somebody who has firsthand experience, somebody who, um, is not me that, that is a Southern, uh, public land hunter. That's going to talk to us about a little bit of their success. Um, and so we can't take up too much time, even though I want to, um, but just one last question for you, Dylan, is there anything cool that we can expect to come from Onyx anytime soon? Absolutely. And my, uh, my lips are somewhat sealed on exactly what some of those things are, but, um, here at Onyx, you know, we, we definitely are always pushing the boundaries. We have some pretty crazy, awesome ideas that, to be honest with you, uh, with a couple of them, we're kind of waiting on technology to catch up <laughs> so we can implement it. But no, I mean, there's, there's always stuff in works. We're always listening to customer feedback and thinking up ideas of our own, um, you know, improvements as well as adding new stuff. So, you know, that probably didn't answer your question a whole lot there, but yes. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is y'all are working on an Onyx Maps for whenever we find out that the earth is flat? Yep, exactly. You nailed it. Awesome. That's what I thought it was. That's what I thought the whole time. Uh, man, man, that's so cool, man. And I, I cannot wait to hear about all the cool stuff that you guys are going to do. Um, I'm, I'm going to continue to use Onyx maps probably until the day I die, uh, or the day that I can't be out in the woods anymore. And, and man, I, I just want to keep passing this knowledge to everybody else so that, um, they can find the same amount of enjoyment in the outdoors that I've been able to find. And man, how much, uh, this app has helped me. Um, it's just been absolutely incredible. And so, so Dylan, just really quick, um, you guys are available on, on Apple and Android, correct? Yep. Yep. That's correct. So, uh, super simple to start a free seven day trial, or if you want to purchase right away, if you go to the Apple play store, uh, or Google play store or Apple app store, all you have to do is search on X hunt. Um, and it'll pop right up. You know, most of the time, if you search hunt app or anything like that, it'll pop right up as well. Um, but yeah, you can download it, start a free account, start mapping, you know, instantly seven day trial. And then you can also pull it up on the computer, uh, www.onxmaps.com, um, and start a free trial and start mapping on the computer version as well. That's fantastic. And to all of our listeners, um, I will have my phone number, listed so that whenever you find your great spots, you can thank me by sending me your waypoints. Uh, <laughs> um, you can, I'll give you my phone number too for that one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Dylan, man, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you, man. And, uh, and I hope I can talk to you some other time soon. Absolutely. Thanks again for having us on. And yeah, we'd love to chat soon. All right. And next on the line, we have Mr. Christopher Rice, from Sylacauga, Alabama. How you doing, Chris? Pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, today uh, we have just heard from Dylan Dowson of Onyx Maps, and I put a, a little feeler online about um, asking for people who have been super successful using Onyx Maps, using that whole system, and you reached out and said that it has completely changed the way that you hunt. And so we're going to talk about that for just a few minutes. But before we do that, Chris, can you just tell everybody where you're from and 
and your style of hunting, kind of what you do in the woods? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm currently live in Sulacaga. I've been here for many years. Um, I hunt primarily public land. Um, most, pretty much anything that's within about an hour drive of me here for the most part. Um, uh, currently I'm, um, a tree saddle hunter, but I also hunt out of set, out of stands, climbers, lock-ons, just whatever I feel like I need for the day. Um, I bow hunt, I muzzleloader hunt, I rifle hunt, just whatever, whatever's, uh, legal at the time. Uh, I've hunted out of my kayak or sometimes my canoe, um, and I do the typical public land grind where I walk till I, till I feel like I'm further than anybody else wants to walk and, uh, start looking for, uh, areas that might not get hit. So, so you said you're, you're kind of a, you seem like a jack of all trades in, in kind of the styles of public land hunting. So you do kayak hunting, which uh, I'm very fond of. I love it. Um, I'm completely sold out to that system. Um, you saddle hunt, which we just had on two episodes ago. We had Greg Godfrey on here, and uh, he's turned into a really, really good friend of mine. And um, he, that dude is a wealth of knowledge. Have you ever gotten to talk to Greg before? I talked to him on, uh, on his YouTube channel a couple times, um, like just through comments and stuff. Uh, it's one of my one of my favorite channels to watch. I was actually watching it his uh his new episode whenever you call um but uh yeah he uh he's always real nice i think i've talked to him on the forum a couple times too um he's always real helpful anytime i've ever had any, any communication with him yeah he's a good dude he's a he's a really good guy to talk to as well like he's perfect personality for a podcast and so um greg shout out to you buddy man we 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 uh at southern ground really appreciate what you do um, but Chris, so Chris, you, you do all this kind of stuff, which is really awesome. Like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about, I'm going to be, um, stepping into a saddle this year and I'm super excited about that. Um, and so we use all of these, all of these tools. Um, but there's one tool that I want to talk about today and that is Onyx maps. So, um, Chris, could you talk a little bit about wh- when you started and how you got started? Like who turned you on to the Onyx map system? Yeah, uh, actually, this was my first year using Onyx. Um, I uh, originally downloaded uh, another another software, uh, GAIA, and um, I uh, did the free trial with Onyx. And what I found was once I downloaded the, decided to download the Onyx mostly for the, I like the hybrid map and I like that it shows me property lines. I actually never used the GAIA. Like, I don't think I ever opened it again after that. Um, uh I don't remember. I, I don't know if it's just through research. I was actually in the on the mar, in the market for a new GPS. Um, the one that I used was a older model Magellan that um, was kind of like a monochrome display on it and didn't really have any maps or anything like that. All it did was show me my spots. Um, so I decided I would look at the the ones that I could download to my cell phone just so I could, you know, get get more uh, more reference material and. Uh, once I found Onyx, I, I you know, it, it almost became addictive. Um, the, the aerial scouting on it was something I would do uh, on lunch breaks, uh, in the bathroom. Just anytime I had a few minutes to spare, I would, uh, it, it replaced every cell phone game I had um, as far as the aerial scouting. And um, it, uh, it was, uh, 
definitely something I really enjoyed using this season. I definitely have it again next season. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm the same way, man. Like whenever I have, I've got a few minutes, I turn on my Onyx maps and I'm looking now. So what I'm normally doing, um, I'm doing several things, but the thing that for me that has been the most beneficial is obviously hunting close to water and hunting landlocked pieces. And so I'm spending time still looking for terrain features, but most of the time I'm looking, okay, where can I pull my trailer for my kayak to where I can access um, these pieces? Like where can I launch from where I can access these pieces of land? Um, and, and actually Onyx has a pretty cool feature that shows you uh, public boat ramps, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't always use public boat ramps, but that has been pretty beneficial uh, for me. But but you you pretty much tore it up this year, man. Like um, looking at Facebook and seeing some of the deer that you killed, it, it, you killed two decent deer this year. Is that right? Yeah, I killed uh, one that was was uh, was really good for the area, and the other one was 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 decent. Um, uh, also, uh, as a, as the season wore on, you know, my freezer was full. At the towards the end of the season, I actually passed up on two bucks that were. Um, you know, well outside their ears, uh, better than 18 spread, probably one, one, because it was, uh, busted up pretty bad. Um, and the, the other actually was a, was a super wide, probably over 20 inch wide six point on a, on a, a piece of public land that was uh four points on one side or, or better. Um, so, uh, I knew that he technically wasn't legal, so I, I didn't, I didn't shoot him, but I, uh, just the number of sightings I had, especially as the season wore on, um, probably one of my, my, uh, best seasons for encounters. Um, you know, had, had my freezer, had my freezer been empty, I would have shot several bucks towards the end of the season that I decided to pass on. Yeah. I mean, and I think the the same story could be told uh, all over the place of people who have hunted public land with, um, with Onyx and when, when they don't have it. Um, I know for me, like my, my encounters just the same as you just went up and what would you say Chris would be like the number one thing about Onyx that, um, that contributed to, to you being able to have these encounters more frequently? Well, uh, this was the first season I decided I was going to do, uh, I was going to attempt to do only first sets. Um, you know, the, the, when, when you, when you attempt to do, you know, that many first sets, you are constantly looking for new areas. Um, on X, let me, let me, uh, find some, some, uh, some new areas, you know, from home cyber scouting. What it also did when I got there was if, if, you know, when you're looking at it on the, on the internet, it may not exactly look like what it looks like when you get there. So, you, you know, you may have to go to like a plan B, C or D. Well, it would have, it would give me the ability to, to be able to, uh, react to whatever, whatever I saw quickly. And, uh, I mean, it was like it, you know, it, it, I was constantly able to evolve my hunt throughout the, throughout the day or throughout the week, um, with, with new areas, but things that I would have never have been able to see or known if I, if I hadn't have had the software. Yeah. And I think one of the things too, that me and you talked about beforehand, was that it just increased your confidence going into the woods. Like you went into places that you never wouldn't have gone because you knew where you were at. And it's like their, their hashtag that, that people use so much is know where you stand. And and I think it's super important um, for a hunter 
to have that kind of confidence to know exactly where you're at. And so that's, that's, man, that's, that's so cool. And, and, and I think for me too, um, everything, it was so funny talking to you because everything you were saying was like, I I felt like you were, you were reading my journal because I was the same way. This is my first year of doing first sits. And, uh, do you, do you always repeat the phrase in your head? First sit, best sit. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I do that, but I, I do, uh, you know, I, I did definitely did enjoy it. I do, I do, I do repeat a lot of funky little phrases in my head sometimes, but I don't know if that's one of them. <laughs> well, I hope it is now. Uh, I'd totally do it, man. Like when I'm walking into the woods, first off, uh, I think me and you were talking about this as well. It's a little bit, it's a little bit freaky. Um, especially if you're in the kayak and it's foggy and you can't see and it's dark. Um, it's a little bit freaky walking in. And so I have like these little things that I tell myself, like suck it up and, um, but then going into a new spot that is still, even that is, can be a little bit, um, uh, daunting sometimes. And, uh, you, you just got to repeat that to yourself, man. Like first sit is the best sit M- more times than not. Um, and I didn't, I don't think I hunted a, a single place, a single tree more than one or two times, I think. Yeah, I, I actually, I did return to a couple spots that I've hunted, uh, before. And I think, uh, on one imaginary in particular, I did not do a good job of first sits on that one. I think I there was a couple spots that I went to there, you know, a few times, but uh, that was also the imaginary that I, I had no success on, um, and uh, that was probably part of it. Um, I did have encounters, I did see deer, but I, you know, not not anything that I was interested in in taking. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, so you have multiple places on your on your maps i'm sure that is it just kind of like a christmas tree um set up around these wmas yeah it's not even just wmas like i have a a buddy that they got a a little uh 60 acre parcel um and i actually went on there cyber scouted his his entire piece for him too um every time that i had somebody that that told me that i could uh you know they would write me a permit or whatever I'd, i'd jump on and cyber scout it, even if I never hunted it, you know, just all every, every little spot that I thought, thought might be good on it. Plus in addition to it. Yeah. Any, anytime you hit any of the management areas, it's, uh, probably as much red as there is green, just things <laughs> I want to look at or whatever. I slowly delete them as I, as I check them off. But, but, uh, if I don't like them or, or I usually change the icon and to, you know, to something to signify what it was I liked about the, the area so I can, just at a glance, because there's, there's, you know, there's several icons on there you can change. In a glance, I can kind of tell, like if I if I actually saw a buck there, I change it to the, you know, the buck, and you know if I saw does, I change it to the doe or whatever, you know, just whatever it is, so I can quickly, you know, remember what I saw there. And then I, I additionally, I I have a little journal on my phone I keep up with too that kind of tells me about, you know, what happened by date. Yeah. And so, so you mentioned that your waypoints that you have there. So if, if you use, if, uh, if there's a listener that has never used Onyx before, that might sound a little bit confusing. So basically you have the options to, um, to add these markers on your spots and you have, I mean, there's tons of, of different, um, of different markers you can put. I think there's, there's buck sightings, doe sightings, turkey, tree stand, location food plot. There's all kinds of stuff that you can, 
you can go through and look there. But Chris, what what is what would you say is your most um, common waypoint that you mark? Uh, well, initially, you know, just the the standard one, and then um, um, probably either the the buck or the doe or or the tree one. If if uh, you know, I actually with a gun, I hunt on the ground a lot. But if there's a spot that I think that I need to be in a tree, I, I'll change it to the tree icon. So that so that I know right away that if I'm you know going to look at that area, I need to I need to go in there with a stand. Yeah. And then uh, gener- generally when I when I name it, I put like at the end of it, like I'll name it something that has to do with the area, and then I'll put the wind directions that I would be you know happy to hunt it on, and at the at the end of it, and then uh, that way when I click on it, I can see immediately you know what it was I liked about the area, and then and then what wind direction I felt like I needed to hunt it on. Yeah, and this is really this is a really good system because um I use I use the the, the same kind of strategies um where you can have you can set your spots up um depending on the wind direction and and what way the wind is going and it, and it's really awesome. So, um here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you one more question Chris and um and then I want to break down um one of your hunt, your successful hunts. So, uh, we'll break down probably the bigger one, the bigger deer. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, cool. So, um, so my last question for you about the Onyx system is what is your absolute favorite feature that Onyx offers? Uh, I mean, it's definitely the, the property lines, knowing that, knowing the owners uh, and like, uh, and where, where the lines are, um, uh, the job I work, I'm, I'm, you know, I do a lot of, a lot of driving. I, and, uh, <clears throat> I work, I work as a lineman. I, I can tell you that much. And, um, you know, if I see a piece of property, if I happen to see some deer or I see a piece of property I'm interested in, I can just click on it, see how many acres it is, see who owns it. Um, a lot of times, you know, I can go up and knock on the door already knowing the name, or if it happens to be out of town, you know, it, it, uh, you know, I could, I could send a letter sometimes they actually have the the address on there whatever the tax address is on it you can send a letter asking for permission i did get a couple of uh, permissions this, this season that way um i only hunted one of them um i walked out the properties and then just i like public better i guess yeah <laughs> and uh but but it still did give me permissions which i've never until this season i didn't even have any interest in asking for permission to be honest um so that that's been kind of neat for me um you know, uh, even out, outside of hunting sometimes, um, if, you know, I'm working in the area and I need to know who owns the property, I actually pull up my Onyx software to figure out who owns the property. Like if, uh, if I need to cross an easement or something like that when I'm working so I can go knock on the right door to make sure that, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be. So it, it has uses outside of even for, even for hunting. Yeah. And I've heard people use those, um, they use the the property and the, and the landowner feature, um, for like law enforcement, uh, and things like that as well, which is pretty cool. Right. And then like right now, um, I'm, uh, actually looking at, at, uh, person, uh, wa- uh, waterfront lot. And, uh, I mean, when, when we looked at it, the first thing I did was go to Onyx so I could actually figure out exactly where the borders were. So I could walk the borders of the lot, you know, and it, I mean, it was, it was awesome for that. Like I could tell exactly where the, where the property line ended rather than just looking at 
you know, an aerial view of a plot map, it doesn't really show you anything as far as, you know, where the, where the physical border is and it hadn't been surveyed yet. So that was, you know, that was a really cool tool for that too. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's get into just a short in a nutshell version of, of this, of this giant, uh, that you killed on public land this year. Um, and just tell us the whole story. And as you tell it to us, um, mention the features of Onyx that, that really, um, contributed to the taking of this animal. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested to hear it because, um, I, you know, I think a lot of our stories are going to line up. A lot of Onyx users stories are going to line up and be pretty close to the same. Um, but I think, I think, you know, anytime somebody is successful and is especially as successful as you were this past season, um, there has to be something that changed, you know, a lot of times it's just luck, but there's something that you've done that changed. And, uh, so let's hear about the story of this big deer, Chris. Giant, giant might be an overstatement, but it was, it was, he's a very nice. Boy. Hey man, um, if, if, if you killed him on public <laughs> land in Alabama, he's a giant. I don't care what he looks like. All right. Uh, that, that morning, uh, I, I took my father-in-law with me and we were going to, uh, we're going to a spot on one of the mayors close to me here. And, uh, we actually, when we got to the spot where I was going, there's already a truck there. So, uh, so we talked about it for a second and there's a lot of area, you know, past the parking there, um, where the truck was, but, uh, but I told him, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't really care to walk in on anybody. So, um, so we went to plan B plan B there, there's this little ledge I've been looking at for ever since I got on X and I hadn't hunted it yet. It's uh really steep below it, really steep above it. I knew it'd be kind of hard to get to. And I told him, I, you know, I want to go check that out today and see what it looks like. So, uh, basically, uh, we got out, I, I parked him somewhere not too far from the road or sent him in a direction I thought would be good. And then, uh, I proceeded to sweat and climb my way to this ledge that I saw. Um, uh, it was right around, it was right around the first of January. I don't remember the exact date right now, but, um, it's early, pretty early January. Um, pretty, pretty good rut time for that management area. And, uh, so I get back there on that ledge and uh, I find a spot looking at Onyx where it seems like the ledge kind of narrows down to, to bottlenecks down a little bit and uh, find my tree. Um, not there very long. And I hear deer going across up above me, uh, like three or four, uh, just basically caught glimpses of them. Then uh, didn't really get a good look at them. And then about 30 minutes later, they come back across up above me. Um, that when they came back across, I saw three of the four, the three I saw were all those. Um, uh, well, they, they go on, um, I said for about another 45 minutes. And I was just thinking really cool. If one came up over the ridge right there. And about that time I heard deer running, um, I saw two does come running across and that, you know, that telltale run that, everybody recognizes as a deer being chased by another deer. And, uh, as soon as I, as soon as I came to that realization, I, I heard the grunting as he, as he, uh, as he came chasing up this little kind of a dip, like a draw on that ridge I was talking about. And, uh, they come running across about, uh, 70 yards probably, but they were on a pretty good run. Um, it was a muzzleloader hunt that morning. Um, so I had my, um, I had a CVA Acura, and, uh, you know, I, I probably could have shot, 
but they're running. Um, I felt like, uh, well, the way that the train features were there, I mean, it was really steep below, really steep above kind of like, yeah, I kind of doubt that he's really going to bail off that side right there. Well, uh, they hit the top of the ridge and the does turned and went away from me. And of course he went too. So I was like, dang, well, maybe that, maybe, you know, maybe I should have took the shot, but, uh, I don't normally grunt. I don't really believe in scents or grunts or any of that stuff, but I always carry a grunt call just in case. So I went ahead and hit my grunt call one time. And as soon as I hit it, a deer comes tearing straight towards me. And I'm thinking, wow, I can't believe this is actually working because I don't, I just don't have a whole lot of luck with grunt calls. And, uh, so I look, look through my scope and it's actually one of the does and she comes running right at me and she runs up like 10 foot from me, stops. And she's standing on my peripheral vision to my left side. She's just standing there. Then the other doe comes running across and she stops right beside her. Well, I'm thinking I'm about to get busted. I mean, they're just too, too close to me. I mean, they're like 10 feet. And, uh, but, uh, I just stayed still, you know, had the, the muzzleloader pointed the direction of where I expected the buck to come across. And, uh, I guess they were too busy looking at him. He, uh, he was pretty, he actually didn't chase, he didn't chase them in as fast as he had been chasing before. He came across there kind of, I guess, cause they stopped. He was grunting and kind of just moving, moving a few steps at a time. And I told myself, well, when he gets to, there was a spot that was like 20 yards from me, maybe when he gets to that spot, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, shoulder my gun and, and, uh, take aim and fire real fast. Cause I knew, I knew those does were going to spook. And, uh, so when he hit that spot, I shoulder shoulder my uh, muzzleloader. And the funny thing is, the does did run, but they actually didn't spook for me. I think they were t- too busy looking at him. So they run down, kind of past him, and uh, he just kind of stood there like he didn't know what was going on. But he had a tree covered in his vitals. Well, when he turned, he turned, and all I had was like a facing away from me shot. So I just waited and waited and waited and watched him. Eventually. He turned kind of quartering away, and uh, I shot. And, of course, you know, when you shoot with a muzzleloader, it was really cold that morning. <laughs> Everything just went white. And uh, I heard deer running. I heard the two does run off to the left, and I heard a lone deer, which I assumed was him, run off to the right up on top of the ridge. And uh, I heard what sounded like a deer stomp a couple times up there, but I, I couldn't tell for sure what had happened. And uh, so I sat about... Uh, probably about 20 minutes got up and went looking for blood and I didn't find any blood and uh, went across trying to find out where to run up the ridge and I didn't I didn't see anything so I thought well I'll just go look where I heard the what sounded like the stomping and so I walked over there and when I got you know top the ridge where I could see the point where I thought it sounded like he was stomping he was he was laying there piled up I guess what I heard was him laying there doing his death kick um so uh yeah, it was a, it was a it was a really exciting hunt. I love I love those hunts where they're you know I'm on the ground. I've I've had a, I've had probably two others that were a pretty nice deer like that. They were chasing does, which is already really fast paced. And the deer I ended up shooting the deer you know less than twenty yards. Um, I had one one time that I shot at like probably twenty or thirty feet, and he was looking at me when I shot him. And he was chasing does too, and. uh it's something about that just gets me pumped up, man. I was fired up. That was the, actually the first buck that I had taken with that muzzleloader. My wife bought it for me for Christmas a couple of years ago, and I just hadn't pulled the trigger on anything. Um, usually, they have these early season, um, these early season muzzleloader hunts, and I don't seem to be as productive on those for what I'm looking for as I do 
this was the first uh, season they had that during the rut hunt, muzzleloader hunt. And that was actually the first morning of it. And uh, couldn't have asked for a better hunt, man. It was uh, really, really enjoyable. I got to share it with my father-in-law too, which this is, this is my, I decided every year I'm going to try to mentor somebody. And uh, this was my mentor for the year. He had not, he's hunted before, but it has been many, many years since he's hunted. So, um, so we ended up hunting probably about six or seven times this season. Um, and he, uh, he bought him a rifle. So I'm pretty, pretty proud of that as well. That's so cool. That sounds like a really cool story. And I love, um, that you were able to, as we said before, you were able to have the confidence to know what the features were around you so you could kind of get an idea of what those deer might do and where they might be. Um, and that's just a, that's just a testimony to what Onyx Maps is and what it is can be used for. And how, how, how can it help um, the average guy? And I think that's a great story uh, of success using your Onyx Maps. And so, Chris, man, I really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, dude, I wish you the best of luck next year. And I hope you get a, a true Alabama giant. That would be cool. Uh, me too. <laughs> me, I really hope my son kills one something. You know, he... Uh... That would, that would be better than an Alabama giant for me, but I appreciate it. Well, and that's it for this week's episode. If you guys are anything like me, you just got to really, really kind of take time to download everything that was in that episode. I know a lot of it can be kind of information overload, especially if you've never even looked at this software, but I really want to encourage you guys to go ahead, check it out, download the free trial, just look at it because I feel like you're going to get a lot out of it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we've got going on. Go follow us on social media, on Instagram. It's Southern Ground Hunting, and that is S-T-H-R-N Ground Hunting on Instagram, and then on Facebook, it's just regular S-O-U-T-H-E-R-N, Ground Hunting, Southern Ground Hunting on Facebook. Check out the forum, which has been really, really cool. It's just guys like me and you who are just everyday working class type guys that are talking about our our outdoor adventures and, and just really cool stuff, and that's the Southern Ground Open Forum. And hey, I know a lot of you guys already listen to these other shows, but the Sportsman's Nation podcast network has got a ton of other shows and i want you to go check those out we've got the nine finger chronicles the transition wild podcast land and legacy uh what else diy sportsman uh we just got some really really cool podcasts that are on here and now we actually have with the the western big game feed talking about elk hunting and all that cool stuff mule deer and things like that so i've really been enjoying that even from my little uh, humble life here in the South. I've really enjoyed that Western feed and make sure you go give us a a five-star review on iTunes. Let's see. I already told you, but I'll, I'll state it again. Go check out our store at southerngroundhunting.com slash store. There's some really, really cool stuff, pieces of gear, some hats and some t-shirts on there that I think you'll like. Go check that out. It's not that expensive. Um, I have options on there for cheaper things, more expensive stuff. So, check that out. I think you're going to like it. I think that's about all I've got for this week. So if you guys are going to go out into the woods and chase some turkeys, I know some places are just now opening for turkey season. If you're going to go do that, be safe and good luck. And always remember remember this. God gave us a right to hunt and to fish and to enjoy the outdoors and to have dominion over the earth and the beasts that roam it. So go out 
and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you guys next time.